This podcast is proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry. Hi, I'm Gordon Muller. I'm a guru in the Doc and Guru podcast. Thanks for being with us. For those of you who don't know me, I've spent over 40 years in the media industry in South Africa and uh, pretty much made it my home, my life, my passion. I have other passions, unfortunately, for my sins. I'm an Arsenal supporter and a Shark supporter, so we're going to do pretty much everything on the show as it pertains to media, marketing and money, but we don't take jokes about Arsenal or the Sharks. I'm Doug Mateus, uh, the doc on the show. Uh, and again, for those of you who don't know me, I've uh, spent 30 years in, in uh, various companies in South Africa uh, running uh, different marketing functions. And the last job I had, I was privileged in, uh, enough to work with a team that took uh, the brand to the fastest growing brand in South Africa in 2018 with a 47% year-on-year growth. So that was a, a great achievement uh, for the team and, and, and I'm really proud of that. Uh, from a personal point of view, I do a little bit of cycling uh, and also snow skiing. So we quite enjoy that. But again, uh, today's discussion is around all things marketing and media. Yep, that's right, Doc. All things marketing and media. No subject too big, no topic too small, no subject too hot to handle. Please get in touch with us on our Facebook page, follow us, like us, whatever it takes. We would love you to be involved with the show and uh, we really want to make it as inclusive and as energetic as I know this industry is capable of. Hey Gordon, how's it going? Doc, I'm having a very bleak week. I'm devastated. Absolutely what appalled. What now, Gordon? What happened They've now? just continued Pex, Anchovit, and Redra. I'm <laughs> beside myself. Why, why do you call it Wedwa? Remember that campaign was Wedwa? Because <laughs> I call everything I like Wedwa. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that was when I we stole. So I'm, I'm a heavy brand user, and nobody consulted me on this. I'm appalled. Um, free... Free Wedwo, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's free Wedwo. But now tell me, so now are you not able now to go to a shop and say, I want an anchovies toast? Is that is that where it's going to end now? Is that, no, no, is that where this thing goes? I haven't got go? that far. My nightmare hasn't even got that far. My nightmare uh, got me out of pick and pay shopping shop. And now you're telling me I'm So now you're stocking up on, on, on picks and wedwo. Well, I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, fish paste is banned in my house anyway, so that's fine. Oh, really? And so that, that's been a. Well, that's the voice. Yeah. Well, Where you go, Doc? Well, it's one of our own today, Gordon, one of the, the sponsors and our expert, resident expert on influencer marketing, Kevin Kirby. Kev? How's it? Hello, Welcome. gents. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, man. Thanks for joining us. You know, it's been a, it's been uh, over a hundred episodes, and uh, and we're chatting with you today, so it's uh, it's great. And we're going to talk, uh, Kevin. We're going to talk influencer marketing in in whichever way we want to discuss it. You know, starting in the macro thing. And I think the first thing for me is it's been around for a bit now. Uh, the name, how's it different, or is it the same, or is it just me getting old? A brand ambassador of yesteryear or a brand endorser? What is the difference between an influencer and what I would call a brand ambassador? Yeah, I think, look, I mean, I suppose that there, there are a number of ways of looking at it. So, I, you know, it's, it's, it's probably just buried in the nuance somewhere. But for me, the brand ambassador concept would be from the brand outwards. In other words, someone is employed by the brand to speak the language of the brand. Whereas the, an influencer, in my mind, would be somebody who's coming from a different angle. So it's com- they're coming from the angle of the 
of the of the audience or, or of the target market and speaking that language and interpreting if you like their view of the brand in that own language in other words so it's just coming from a slightly different angle and i think one of the reasons and it's possibly I, I might be preempting one of the one of your questions but one of the reasons that there's is a rise for, of of influencer marketing or that it's becoming such a common place on a marketing mix is is that um people no longer trust i mean i don't think we've necessarily ever trusted brands but we trust brands less and less yeah. because we understand they have an ulterior motive or a specific motive for speaking at us yeah. and not with us whereas influencer marketing is all about um you know having somebody who's like me speaking about their experience and something that I therefore find probably a lot more trustworthy. Mm -hmm. So that possibly also just talks about the difference between the brand ambassador and the influencer where yeah. the brand ambassador, I see that person as being somebody who's telling me the, the brand's message yeah. rather than um, their view of the brand. Yeah, and I think for me, it's all, it, I think it's a really interesting question. I hadn't thought about it from that angle, you know, the sort of brand ambassador versus... Uh, the social influencer per se, but I go back to to first principles and in some of those early uh, commercials from from Unilever and PNG. One, you, you kind of poo pooed them until one day I was actually at my sister's home and I heard my niece saying, "Mom, how do you get these jerseys so soft?" And my sister said, "I use st Stay Soft." Yeah. And I thought I'd been trapped in some sort of a, <laughs> kind of a TV commercial, some yeah. sort of a hidden camera. Yeah. And I watched the thing unfold in front of me, and I realized, wow, it actually does happen that way. So it's been around, uh, yeah. but I guess the amplification. I can now Correct. be influenced by, you know, uh, I don't know, Djokovic's uh, administrative manager in, into how to run my travel portfolio, <laughs> or, or not, as the ca case may be. I mean... So yeah, it, it's intriguing. So is it is it just the amplification that's different, or is it that nuance you talked about, where you talk at the brand, I'm paid by the brand to talk about the brand, or I'm yeah. just being a, a sound observer? No, look, I mean, I don't, I don't think you know, I don't think the the that we've completely got to a place where the brand has no um, should have no value in putting their message out there as they see it. But I, you know, we go back to just you know, ever since. Um, Eve gave Adam the apple, influencer marketing has been alive and well. You know, that was the first bit of influencer marketing. This is apple tastes great, you know, eat it, you know, kind of thing. So, and, and that's just the fundamental premise of, of influencer marketing is word of mouth, which is yeah. no one would, I, I don't think we'd find anyone who, who would say that that isn't the most powerful form of marketing. So that it's just, it, and to your point then, Gordon, it's just about the amplification. So the internet and in social media specifically, mm has allowed for that amplification to take place. Yeah. And Kev, just let's talk quickly about the different types. I mean, nano and micro mm. and macro and all these different terms. And I guess, you and know, just... Wedlow. <laughs> 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 you you yeah. back on that. Gordon, you dare... I mean, do yeah. you want to like maybe just... I don't yeah. mind. I'll handle the rest of the episode. Do you need a, do you need a you tissue? You rush off to Woolworths <laughs> and get the last wedlows on the shelf. Kev, yeah. uh, macro, micro, all of that sort of thing, is it, is it just a, a sizing of, of audience or, or how does it work? Yeah, typically, I mean, if you want to look sort of academically, it's done, on, it's done often based on the size of the audience. And that would depend also depending on the kind of country you're in. So, for example, a macro in the States would be very different to a macro here. We have a sort of a different kind of view of it. And we look at it more in terms of the relationship that I have with the, the audience. So, a nano, we all would be nanos in our own right. We all have, we all have situations where we influence or are being influenced by people in our close circle. 
So if you're going to be buying a new vehicle, for example, there's somebody in your circle who you know knows, you know, Terence Marsh knows about vehicles. Let me find Terence and find out if this is a good vehicle to purchase or whatever. Sure. So that's a nano influencing thing. Yeah. Whereas the the and so so again, not based so much on the size, but more on the relationship or the proximity of the relationship. Yeah. And then and then macro or meg, you know, you sort of micro macro mega would be somebody who I don't have a. Um, a relationship with but yet there's something about them that i would find maybe aspirational or something mm. so as you go up that scale that they become further away from me um, in terms of a trust and a, a relationship point of view mm. but there's still something about them which i find appealing yeah so i mean typically that kardashian factor and i mean yeah. I, I mean that's an example of a, yes. of a global i mean you know those kids became billionaires uh and i mean they've influenced billions of people i guess yeah, you know, I'm just go back to Terence Marsh. I mean, uh, he once took me on an off-road ra- you know, race in his Sandmaster. Uh, this was about five years ago. And I'm still waiting for my underwear to come back from the uh, from the laundromat. So don't go in a Sandmaster with Marsh. Would be my my advice. I'm influencing you in the, in this regard. That's a bad decision. Um, yeah, that, I, I I like the kind of point you made there about Nana. I mean, Nana is not necessarily or shouldn't necessarily be defined in terms of I have one person I influence versus 10 versus a million. But maybe the, the credibility, that would be an interesting lens to look at it. I mean, a, you know, mm. uh, a nano influencer uh, you know, versus a macro influencer in terms of credibility, uh, there's no real metric for that. I mean, is there? I mean, we don't sort of fact check social influencers in the way that you might do more and more with a news story. No, not really. I think, but there is a sort of an intuitive understanding that the closer you are to me, the more, you know, the more trust and credibility I have, the more that I understand that you're speaking from your perspective rather, you know, like we spoke about right at the beginning of this conversation, then from the brand's perspective. Mm. Um, whereas as you move further away, I understand that there's much more of a commercial incentive for you to be saying what you're saying. So there, there is, though, still place for those macro mega um, influences. I mean, it used to be. Sorry, I'm going to digress quickly. But it used to be that when you said influencer marketing, people thought Kim Kardashian. That's yeah. what they thought. And mm. and there's this notion of having these different types on and um, different strategies for influencer marketing wasn't really there. So the nano influencer wasn't a, a thing. It's become much more of a thing, and people are moving much more closer and closer mm. to nano yeah. influencing. But Kim Kardashian would still potentially be able to. Doc- I'm going to use you as a bad example here, but well, maybe a good example, but would be able to sell you lipstick because you have an aspiration. So if she says, this is the best type of lipstick for you to wear, you'd probably look at that and say, okay, cool. Well, if she clearly knows her lipstick. Let me, let me try that, you know? So I mean, but at the same time, she's not going to sell you a, a car because yeah. you'd, have a, you know, you'd have no belief in that. Yeah, it's the degrees, I guess, of, of association. I'm, I'm staying out of this conversation. <laughs> talk about lipstick and you, I'm just, I don't feel like I can contribute to positively at this stage. <laughs> They're just gonna, you got to be like that, uh, what the English didn't do, you're just going to leave it outside off stump, you know, and let it just, <laughs> let it just whiz through. Yeah. Don't, don't have a go at it. Um, Kev, just, uh, I, I don't know if you have one or two case studies at the top of your head from the last year, two, three South African yeah. case studies of companies who have done this particularly well so look with there, there, there are multiple case studies and i think if i can just sort of preempt the the answer if you like or, or the, the um, my response by saying that one of the things which has really happened with influencer marketing over the last possibly even two years you know and very much in the short term which has led to the real rise and acknowledgement of its importance as a as a strategic consideration is the fact that we have now the ability to amplify specific marketing messages. And what I'm saying by that is we, we, once the influencer has created their particular post, we now take 
the best of those posts and we do what's called performance marketing with it, mm. which means we can then boost that to a specific audience. Now, the, 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 what happens on the back of that is that is it, it's still a, let's call it a nano-influencer post, so it still has that believability, the credibility that we're speaking about, but you can deliver it to a much larger scaled up audience. Mm. And those posts have much higher resonance and much higher um, response rate than um, brand ads targeted at that same audience. Yeah. So that's just an interesting aspect mm. of, of what we do. So, um, and, and in that regard then, I mean, I, with there multiple um, case studies which I could cite to you in, in reference to what we, we take the brand's own performance benchmarks for their brand posts. Mm. Yep. And we are performing those by two and a half, three and a half, and be it on you know opportunities to see, be it on lead generation, any metrics. I mean, that's the beauty of influencer marketing. You can really apply any kind of metric to or any kind of objective to it and, and deliver those results. Um, and the one which possibly sticks out really well, which also highlights the flexibility of influencer marketing, being that it's a digital format, is that um, just after the rights earlier this last year, Really, last year, earlier last year, we were um, we did a um, campaign for the lottery, which was uh, let's rebuild together. Yep. It was hashtag let's rebuild together. Now, two things which are remarkable for me in that respect. One was that we turned that around in 24 hours. Now, you would know as as yeah. being in the marketing industry to turn down around sure. a campaign from a creative point of view in 24 hours yeah. is is virtually impossible. Yeah. And God, you would understand putting it into media in that kind of space is almost you know it's also virtually impossible and we managed to turn that on 24 in 24 hours mm. and we got six and a half times the metric that the client was expecting yeah. from that yeah. campaign through, through the topicality through I the mean, topicality so, and immediacy, through, i think was the word we yeah. often use in media yeah. and the way in which we seeded it so we used the combination of nanos and macros so you have yes. nanos for example creating posts and you have macros to amplify the post, you know, so those were the, you know, so there were a number of metrics, but, you know, it was just really very successful yeah. and just highlighted the, the kind of use case of influencer marketing. You're listening to The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media. Earlier on, you, you, we, were, we were talking about amplification and, and nano versus macro, etc. You talked about sort of amplifying, you know, the things that you have said. In fact, I think you repeated the word said on a number of occasions. But interestingly enough, looking at the Walk um, Media Trends Report for, uh, for 2022 or going forward, it's kind of a throw forward. The, the, the social media that are growing... Uh, are the two outstanding performers are, are TikTok and YouTube. Yep. The ones that are really struggling at the bottom there uh, is, is Twitter, which is more still still more kind of verbally based. You know, I read or I, mm. rather than I view it, despite the efforts at Spaces and all these other groovy things. And Snapchat's also kind of falling off the cliff. Is there a demonstrable shift in influencer marketing? into the visual space. I must just tell you, Doug, I went for my run yesterday mm. and I came around the corner and I saw there were in Kensington, there was a bunch of about five or six young guys. There was a table in the middle of the road. I thought, what the hell is going on here? And then I realized when I had a camera, they were obviously filming a little TikTok scenario and the one guy was rapping it. It was really mm. cool to see a bunch of young, young guys, obviously young school kids, mm. making a, a video in the middle of the road. Oh, yeah. It was really mm. good. I mean, is there a demonstrable shift in influencer marketing into that 
or a visible space rather than the things I say in here? So uh, there are probably a few things to say in that. I think um, let me start by saying that even the nano influencers, so the everyday kind of people, have just got so much better at creating content. Mm-hmm. Um, because everyone kind of understands the attention economy. So, and I think that this is possibly what feeds into where, you, where you're going with this. I think, um, and so the, the crafting of messaging, um, be that visual or otherwise, has, um, has just the, the, the sort of level of that has grown tremendously over mm. the last sort of mm. four or five years, which is the first thing. The second thing is I think, you know, again, I, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not a trend kind of person so i don't necessarily understand if that is a trend what we what i do understand is that is that there are new platforms which come and some which then fade so snapchat yes fading away facebook as much as it's not necessarily you know it's a bit more stagnant it's still massive so there's still a huge demand for that kind of space and and then tiktok yes we we've we've got into tiktok and we've seen very very good response rates and again i suppose it would all boil back to the strategy and the objectives that you're trying to achieve as to which of those media types that you would drive and the kind of creativity that you would then look look for. Because um, if you're going to be driving to a TikTok type audience, then you very much, yes, absolutely are going to need to be visual and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, you know, you're not... Yeah, your point <clears throat> about Facebook and trends is well made, you know, that one shouldn't uh, become a, a slave to trends. And, and in fact, you're right, Facebook is massive and uh, 37% of marketers in the report say they intend to use Facebook more. Yeah. 19% say less. So it's yeah. it, it in inverted commas losing in the sense that it's growing far slower than, than the, the, the other platforms. Yeah. Um, you know, just talking about case studies so just is there a simple kind of five point plan you know checklist that that one should look at when you begin the process of uh, integrating influencer marketing you know into into your overall mix so i think the the first part of it is is to make sure that it's a deliberate process and so it you know it would start with the strategy and so we have um, a strategic arm which then would understand start with the objectives of that campaign what are those objectives of the campaign and then work that back into the audience and then the type of influencer that you would want in order to reach that particular audience that would be for for me the starting point um it's really just about and you know trying to understand what the you know your campaign requirements are what your campaign objectives are and then translating that to the kind of audience and then working through which kind of influencer marketing would work best for that. There are certain, you know, like I said, the lipstick example, for example, would work better with somebody who had an aspirational quality for them for wearing lipstick mm. as, as opposed to just perhaps an everyday person. But then the other products, Red Row, for example, would be far more... Um, <clears throat> Palatable. It's funny you should, you should <laughs> mention that. <laughs> but, you know, coming from me, it might be, you know, so, so if Kim Kardashian talk about Red Row is going to mean nothing to anything. But if I talk about Red Row and how much I enjoy it and how much, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's a great sandwich spread, that would probably have more influence on you. Yeah, look, of course, it depends where Kim Kardashian spreads the, the word well, but I mean, never let that's another yeah. issue entirely. Luckily, um, this is a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things which intrigues me is, is uh, working, you know, as I do periodically with creative agencies, and I see the, the kind of duress they're under to sort of be wildly creative but incredibly safe at the same mm. time. So they're under constant scrutiny. They have to pre check your kind of work uh, and, and get clearance for all sorts of things but 
the, the influencers just seem to have kind of free creative reign. How do you balance this out? I mean, you know, how if I mean to come back to Wedwa, I mean, what happens if Kim Kardashian did decide to use Wedwa in a really an interesting and intriguing yeah. manner? How the hell do you control that? Well, I suppose the short answer is you, you can't really. What you can do is you can mitigate it through the through the your own processes. And so, um, you know, for example, we have very stringent um, training um, sessions with any of our influencers. We have very um, specific briefs when we ask them to create um, content. I think, though, the other side of that coin though is that we are relying on them to be creative. We, you know, like I said in the beginning, we want them to speak in their language about their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that's possibly maybe a a, a nuance of a difference where whereas the you know for example um i can't as as brand i can't say that my washing liquid is the best washing liquid yeah. on the earth mm-hmm. i don't i don't have the right to say that because yeah. there's no scientific evidence for me but as a user i can say i find this washing liquid to be the best washing liquid on earth okay so maybe there's a nuance there but we are also very careful so for example if you're doing a financial services brand we have very very strict instructions and and understanding with the, the influencers as to what they cannot say yeah. possibly more so than what they can say yeah, yeah. Um, because there are you know requirements and restrictions around that whereas a brand is possibly far more constrained in in that element mm. yeah absolutely well it's it's encouraging to hear the kev because i mean some of that stuff can be quite dangerous you know in other words if you place a lot of trust in your influencer of whatever nano or whatever shape yeah. form and that person gives you bad financial advice or leads you down a, a path because i mean you know we've I mean, we've spoken before gordon we've had some people on around financial illiteracy in the country how badly mm-hmm. people understand money you know we spoke to kinson in a a while back right. about from nedbank in terms of how many people live beyond their means uh how many people have been have fallen prey to pyramid schemes and so on so that's one example of that so you know i guess in tough and not not only in tough economic times but certainly over the last two years a lot of people have become poorer and so you don't want bad and so that's quite encouraging Kev, that you've got some guidelines to say look these are the don'ts uh that that you that you give just um as we're moving sort of towards the close i mean i know you were saying in, in numerous times there's been a rise and, and and i know there's been a rise in the use and the purposeful use of 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 influences in brands if people want to get hold of you, how do they do that? How do they become part of the conversation if they want to put that into their, into their mix or their communications mix? How, what's the easiest way to get hold of you? Yeah, probably the best is possibly by my email address. Or just you, can, you can find the, the business, Infinity, on, uh, on, on the web. So, infinity.co.za, which is infinity without the first R. Or you can send me an email and I'll happily uh, sort of uh, steer you in the right direction. It's Kevin at infinity.co.za. Again, without the first yeah. I was going to Dropping of letters. Last week we had <laughs> Rue without the H. Yeah. Now we've got Infinity without the I. And now you've got Wedwa with a W. My wife's, a, my wife is an English school teacher and <laughs> she'll be terrible. appalled by this lack of no. attention to detail. <laughs> the Infinity was taken, so we. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, again, thanks, Kev. And, and, I mean, to our listeners out there, please, you know, be part of the conversation. We say it every week. We encourage you. It's not about Gordon and I just chatting to another interesting guest. That's fantastic. It's a great half hour. But it's got to go wider than that. You know, Gordon, we've always said that. Get hold of Kev. Uh, ask the questions. Find out about it. Maybe it's right for your brand. Maybe it isn't. I don't know. can't tell you what to do. But uh, here's an open invitation. Yeah. So, uh, 
I I'll agree with you, Doc. I think that that's important. Sorry, it's because I think in the past when we had, we were living open lives, we, we we could bump into each other. But I think you know, Doc's right. I mean, you, people need to contact you and ask you. I need to contact. I'm const- I'm trying to put a radio plan together mm. at the moment, and. You know, I don't actually even know who to contact anymore. We've lost contact. So yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's certainly influencer marketing it has to be part of, at the very least, the consideration set at strategic time. So it, it yeah. definitely something to think yeah. about. And Kev, you and I spoke off air on, a, on another topic, and it's about data or knowledge or information. A lot of that stuff exists in some shape or form, but it's got to be there's got to be a layer of intelligence over it. And I think that's all we're saying. And I use the word intelligence in a nice yes. way, you know. I'm just saying that if you're not that well-versed on it and you may think about it, here's a guy who's an expert. They've got a yeah. whole team of guys, great cases. Be part of the conversation. Get hold of Kevin Kirby. Uh, and, yeah, hopefully that can be part of your thing. Kev, from our side, thanks very much. I'm going to leave it to Gordon to close out. Thanks, Doc. Yeah, Doc, thanks. Uh, and thanks, Kev. I really appreciate it. And uh, just to wrap up here with an observation I should have brought in earlier, um, uh, you know, I think we've all enjoyed the memes uh, with Djokovic in the last week. And one of the memes which kind of grabbed my attention was that Djokovic is the first athlete who's been banned for not taking drugs. I'd just like to correct <laughs> that perception. In my opinion, the first athlete to be banned for not taking drugs is Casta Semenya. So, guys, True story. You know, if, you, if you're feeling that het up about Djokovic that you want to go and pound the streets, I think we should go and pound the streets for our own Casta Semenya before we worry about Djokovic. But to all the listeners, thanks for joining us, Kev. Uh, a really enjoyable, real, really urge folks to chat to Kev. You've been extremely helpful to me in, in managing the, the social uh, influence of things. So, yeah, thanks for the time. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, and appreciate we'll it. see you next week, Doc. Ciao. Ciao for now. And so that was another episode of The Doc and the Guru. Please don't uh, forget to get a hold of us on Facebook. Like us, follow us, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And then from my side, you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn, Dr. Doug Mataz. I'm uh, very active and very keen to hear about your views Uh, and certainly will respond and hopefully we can bring that into the show thanks doc and it's uh, Gordon Miller the guru signing off thank you for being with us and listening into this podcast today you can pick up the discussion with me on my twitter handle at Mzanzi Media and I'd love to engage with you on any of the issues that we've taken on in the show and take us at our word this is really going to be an open forum there are no subjects that are taboo and we'd love to have some of the younger more under-listened, if that's the correct phrase, uh, voices to join us uh, in this discussion. Thanks for your time. The Dark and the Guru, proudly brought to you by Infinity Media, incubating innovative businesses in the media industry.